life to have life with an abundance. Amen. We greet you this morning in Jesus' name. Thankful to see you in the house of the Lord. Your choice. Your choice. You came this morning by your choice. And uh, we're thankful for you being here this morning. We're going to have a good time in the Holy Ghost and see what God has for us. Brother Wade is not feeling so well this morning, so his class, if you are in Brother Wade Phipps' class, is going to be downstairs. But all the other classes, you are dismissed before you're seated. Why don't we greet someone this morning? While we're being seated, why don't we reach out, shake a hand, uh, hug somebody if it's appropriate, and, and let them know, hey, good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Brother Morgan opened with the placing emphasis on the Word of God, how that God is forever the same yesterday, today, and forever, but His Word is forever settled as well, and the need of it. Uh, this is our opportunity to study, to show ourselves approved, and be a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, but that we can rightly divide the Word of God. Think about the difference between moving from elementary school to either middle school or high school, the change of how you're addressed and how that you are uh, the different levels of expectation maybe. But if you could think about the difference between high school and college, you see, I've noticed that in elementary school, some of our teachers, they wait for a parent to pull into the drive to the parking lot because they're going to have a teacher-parent conference. Let me talk to you. And uh, students, sometimes they're excited because the good report. A teacher's going to go out and give a good report. And sometimes they're very nervous-like because they know that what I did today wasn't so, so great. It seemed great at the time, but wasn't so great. But, you know, when you move to, from high school to college, not a whole lot of teacher or professor-parent conferences, are they? Uh, it's primarily you show up, good. If you don't, that's okay, too. It's on you. Uh, we're not going to call your mom and say, hmm, 
didn't show up today. No, 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 not going to be any of that. So basically they present the information and it's up to the individual to build on it, to study it, to know it, to get the revelation of it. And you know when we become adults, that's kind of the way our life is as well. God presents the information and it's up to me, it's up to you to study, to show our self-improvement, to build on that information. And uh, we've been going through a discipleship course for uh, a year or so now. And this morning we're on Beyond Separation. And we're still in the posture of a disciple in our discipleship class. And this morning we've got some really good information that is, that is going to be presented through the Word of God. But I want to grow. Amen? I want to grow. Did you know that before the foundation of the world, God already had the concept, the mindset of a lamb? You all realize that? Before he created all that is created, he already knew a need for the lamb. So he'd already thought through the process, already had planned for this to be part of history, part of the future, part of history now. So today, if we could step into the study of the word and say, God, let me understand that much of my life is already planned. You've already saw my day. You see my tomorrow. You're working all things out, right? Is that what the scripture teaches us? He's working things out for our good. Before Abraham was born, God already had planned a nation. You all get that? Before Isaac was born, God was already looking for a nation. How do we we take the nation and prepare them to live on the same level of faith that Abraham lived on? Because he took Abraham through a series of events and the final test was, will you give your best? Will you give what you love the most? Are you at that level of giving your very best? And Abraham was. He passed the test. So how do we get a nation now to understand that concept and work their way through to where they're willing to give themselves, lose their own identity, and take on the identity of Christ or God? And really, that's where he's wanting all of us this morning, is for us to work through a series of tests in order for us to lose our identity, take on his identity, You remember in the model prayer, he said, Thy will be done, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth, as it is in heaven. If you'll remember when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, what was the prayer? Not my will, thy will. You know how difficult that is sometimes for us to say, not my will, thy will. For us to be willing to lose our identity and trust God. You know, we could sleep a lot better if we just accept the fact God's will be done in my life and he's working all this out for his plan. So as we get into the scripture this morning, we're looking at the topic beyond separation. And we're going to get into this and try to get as much of this 
as possible. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 7, verse 6 and 7. Acts chapter 7, verse 6 and 7. Had a tremendous time at, at camp this year. Brother Osborne was Brother Osborne. Brother McCool was Brother McCool. They, they do absolutely wonderful jobs. They're, they they probably forgotten more than the average knows or will know. Brother Osborne, if you're not familiar with his style, I told someone that Brother Osborne's got a Ph.D. in storytelling. And what he does is reads between the lines. Uh, Wednesday night when he opened, he opened with the story of the man that was at the pool that had been sick for 38 years and he was laying at the porch, one of the porches. So for the first 20 minutes, he talked to us about a porch, his grandmother sitting on the porch and all the things that goes on on people sitting on a porch. And then for the next 10 minutes, he talked to us about tearing the porch down, get off the porch and go do something. And uh, the, the sum total of it was, do you want to change? Because Jesus asked the individual that was laying there, will thou be changed? Will thou be made whole? Do you, is this what you want? You've been here 38 years. You may be set in your ways and don't want them, right? So he asked the question, do you want to be made whole? Will you be made whole? So that's, that's the kind of the lay of, of Brother Osborne's ministry is he reads between the lines and gives you the inside of the King James that you don't get by just simply reading it. And Bishop McCool ministered on doctrine, but he primarily focused on the importance of doctrine, not necessarily the doctrine itself. And uh, he did an absolutely excellent job as well. But we had a good time at district camp. Sister Morgan, thank you so much. She takes care of the educational uh, department, and she takes care of children's ministry. She incorporated some help from different ones from the Knoxville Church that I've used in, on, uh, in, in National Youth Conference and, and General Conference as well. And uh, she, she gained some help from, from the Knoxville Church this year. That, uh, but they had one, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, to my knowledge, and, and Brother Hosack told me he was getting baptized. Or she, he didn't tell me if it was a boy or girl, said that they got the Holy Ghost during Kids Quest and would be getting baptized this week. So praise be unto God. Let's give Sister Morgan a hand. She does an absolutely tremendous job and much, much appreciated and much needed. And I appreciate her love for children and education. Stand with me for the reading of the word. Acts chapter 7, verse 6, verse 7. And God spake... On this wise, that his seed should sojourn in a strange land, that they should bring them into bondage and entreat them evil 400 years. And the nation to whom they shall be in bondage will I judge, said God, and after that shall they come forth and serve me in this place. Pray with me. Father, we love you this morning. God, I'm asking in the name of Jesus, help us to remove the distractions from our mind. Allow us to be able to focus this morning, be able to gain insight, to be able to 
gain knowledge and understanding to be able to apply this to our own personal life, to be able to walk in faith, walk not by sight but walk by faith, that we might have peace in our heart today, that we might be able to grow in our walk with you. God, as we have labeled this a discipleship course, I pray help us in the name of Jesus to make ourselves a disciple unto you. We do love you and honor you asking for a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge and the discerning of spirit this day. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Beyond separation, I want you to think for a moment of how this promise had been given by God to Abraham before there was a nation. Before the nation of Israel was even born, God's already speaking future tense. He's already speaking of how this is going to play out. He's already reminding and and informing Abraham that his children are going to be in bondage for 400 years. He's going to cast judgment upon the nation that he's going to bring them out. This morning, let me ask the question, how often... Do we worry and concern ourselves over things that God has already ordained? Abraham never pleaded with God, please don't. Abraham never pleaded with God, please don't take my children into bondage. Let them flourish. But God spoke this before the nation. They're going to go into bondage. They're going to be there 400 years. It's going to be a learning experience. They're going to gain insight that they would not gain anywhere else. They're going to see a mighty hand of God move on the most powerful man on earth. They're going to see the the sea part, they're going to see manna from heaven, they're going to see water from a rock, they're going to see the provisions, they're going to see the mighty acts of God that's going to build faith in them that they can trust me as Jehovah Jireh. All this was in the plan before the nation. So let me ask you this morning, how often do we go through things that God planned for our life, but yet we fret, we worry, we get concerned to the point of cursing things out of our life, right? We get in prayer lines, and all these things are good. I'm not, I'm not speaking against prayer lines, and please pray for me. You have not because you ask not. I understand all this, but also take into consideration some things we go through is simply a test of faith. We need it. We need it. I've tried to relay to people some things in life is simply not about me. It's not about you. But it's about God and his plan for our life. And if we're gaining insight and new revelation of God, how valuable is that? Could that be the reason the Apostle Peter said the trial of your faith, you going through a fiery trial is more valuable, more precious than gold. We'd rather have gold than trials, right? Amen. Faith is the substance Faith is the evidence. And by it, the elders obtained a good report. With faith, we can move mountains. Without faith, we cannot please God. 
Exodus chapter 19, verse 4 through 6 gives us insight to some of the things that was going on in the mindset of the people of Israel, the nation that God had called out of bondage, going to a land that was promised flowing with milk and honey. Exodus 19, verse 4, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Let's stop right there. You all know, do you, I hope you all know the story of how that he visited them through Moses, through great signs, miracles, plagues, the blood applied to the door, the death angel passing over, the establishment of the relationship and covenant, the blood relationship or the blood covenant, right? Commemorated every year by the Passover. All these things are being established. How God viewed this is I'm taking you out on eagle's wings. You see, they're dealing with the Egyptian army behind them and the Red Sea in front of them. And God's maybe looking at the angel and saying, this is good stuff. And a million plus people are saying, how are we going to do this? Today's the day we die. Today is the day that we die. Today is the day that we are ushered back to Egypt and now the whips are going to be a lot stronger than before. And God's looking and saying, this is good stuff. You're going to see a miracle here. And we're saying, God, I'd rather not have to need a miracle if that's all right with you, I don't want a miracle tomorrow in healing. If that's all right with you, I don't want a miracle in my finance tomorrow. I, I just want everything to be even, right? God's saying this is good stuff. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. There are the words, these are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So think for a moment, all the scripture in the Old Testament to the New Testament that speak of this adventure and how it relates to our life today. Not one of the individuals, including Moses, walking through this dry, on this dry ground and the walls around them and the cloud above them said, wow, this is good stuff. This is pointing directly toward baptism in Jesus' name. They were baptized unto Moses. It's pointing directly toward the New Testament saint of God going to be baptized unto Jesus. They didn't say that. They looked around. They saw the walls. They said, saw the clouds, and it was kind of like, let's go. Would you pick your pace up a little bit? I'm not sure how long these walls are going to be here. I don't want to be the one that's covered in water. I don't want to be the one that swims my way out. Would you hurry, please? Right? That's, that's what happens to us, saint of God. 
So often God is building faith in us and we're saying, somebody please hurry. I'm struggling really bad here. I need a miracle right now. Would you move out of my way, please? I've got to get somewhere, right? But as we look, we realize that from the Old Testament to the New Testament, this is talking about our faith, our life of faith in God, building our faith. These scriptures, these words are given to us. We can see the comparison of how God demanded faith of Abraham in order to have the nation before Isaac was born. I want to see faith. I want to see a commitment. I want to see a covenant. I want to see a relationship. I want to build this before we advance forward. I need you, Abraham, to be the one that I'm going to build my church on. That everything is predicated back to Abraham and his faith and his dedication. We have Abraham to our father. And God established that pattern. And he's establishing that pattern in our life today. So before God would move forward with his plan, the test of faith had to be passed. Now, let that sink in just a moment because God has a plan for your life. But before the plan can be carried out, a test of faith has to be passed. A commitment has to be passed. A level of obedience has to be passed. You have to show yourself before God that you can trust me. And here's, here's the kicker. We, we're trying to say, God, let, I want to trust you. And he's saying, I want to trust you. Beyond separation. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is beyond the separation. It wasn't that God was going to separate them from Egypt. He was taking them to a land promised. He was taking them to abundance. He was taking them to a land that was flowing with milk and honey. Beyond the separation of Egypt, we're out of the whips, we're out of the bondage, we're out of the slavery, we're out of, out of this situation we were in, but now where are you going? What are you going to do now? How many people go to an altar of repentance their sins are forgiven, but where you go from the separation, the separation of your sin, the, the burden has been lifted, the load's been lifted, they feel much better about themselves, they can face people now, they can face God now, where do you go from there? Because God didn't bring us out of darkness for us to be in limbo. God brought us out of darkness for us to gain revelation, understanding, and truths brought us out of darkness to a light, a manifestation, an understanding, a revelation. So it's about growth, right? It's about growth. It's about growing in our relationship with God, taking the information presented and beginning to understand it with prayer, seeking God, and in fasting of saying, God, give me knowledge of this. So that whenever the, the, the difficulty of life comes, we rest. We sleep. It's okay. I ministered Thursday morning on separating ourselves 
to the point that everything's not about us. And I use Job's situation. Job was just in the middle of this. Can you get an understanding of that? Job was just in the middle of it. What really got Job in the middle of it was his dedication. His love and commitment to God got him in the middle of this conflict between Satan and God. God said, have you considered Job? He said, can't touch him. He said, I'll give you a crack. I'll give you an opening. You touch him. He said, he'll curse you. He lost his family. He lost his money. He lost his health. Right? But it wasn't about Job. It was about the reaction of Job. I'm not going to preach this message this morning. After service, there was an elderly gentleman that got with me from the Knoxville church. He said, you opened my eyes this morning. You pointed out something to me. I realize now some of the things I've went through in my own life was not about me. It was a plan of God. He said he worked for a factory that was a very good factory. He'd been there 18 years. He enjoyed the job, making good money. He said they came in and said, we're closing the plant. You're, you're, you're laid off. You're gone. And he's concerned now, how am I going to deal with this? What am I going to do? How am I going to pay my bill? He said that he went with the railroad, got on with the railroad, moved, away, moved all the way up to the engineering department. Been there five years. They came in said, we're shutting this department down. We will relocate you to another area. He said some of the engineers at that time were making 100000 plus. What's he going to do? Because it, he's going to basically live on the railroad in this position that, he, that they offered. He went to the bishop, said, here's my situation. I'm up in age now, and I cannot just walk out and get another job. Not too many people are wanting to invest in, in someone my age to train them in, in something. What am I going to do? He said the bishop told him, you take this position, you'll be living in that position, and you will be missing church. He said he backed away from it, went in and told him. He had no idea what he was going to do. He had no idea how he was going to pay his bills. But he went in and told him. He said, I'm not interested. I decline the relocation I'll stay where I'm at. I'll find another job. No doubt prayer was great. No doubt intercession, God help. Would you pray for me? Would you, would, would, I'm going to stand in the line tonight. Would you pray for me? Right? That's a good thing. That's a real good thing. He said within three months they called him said, We made a mistake. We want you to come back. He moved back into that same area of, of work that he was at, better situation, better pay, better position. I don't know, remember what all he said. He said, but today I realize that was not about me. That was about God and my reaction. Am I willing to leave where God has called me in order to make a living? He said, it wasn't about me, it was about my reaction of how am I going to deal with this. And he got the information from his pastor and he said, here's the information at hand, you, deal, you do what you need to do. And he said, well, I'm not going to do this. Why? Because it was outside the keeping of the will of God. We cannot take a shortcut to get where we're wanting to go if it bypasses the word of God and still have that blessing of God in our life. 
So 400 years is what it's going to require Abraham. Abraham could have said, would, would, could we bargain for 100? I really don't want my children in bondage for 400, but he didn't say that. Why? Because Abraham had already went through a series of events that elevated him in faith to where if God said, I want your only son, he said, you got it. That's where he's wanting all of us in here this morning. In whatever series of events, Brother Mays, that he needs to take us, he's willing to make us a little uncomfortable to get us to where we're usable because it's about his plan. It's about his plan, not our plan. Thy will be done, not my will. But here's what I'm wanting to instill in you. Beyond the separation, all right, we're not living in the world, all right, our sins are forgiven. Now where are we going? what are we doing it's about his plan his plan for our life and he has a plan for every life he has a plan for every life here's here's the setback that the new testament pointed out that we need to take example of and remember and understand god wasn't pleased with all of them because they couldn't get beyond the hardship amen they couldn't get beyond the hardship I remember we would when I when we were young in this church, we'd go on a trip, and you might as well plan for a car breaking down. I mean, it's just how long is it going to take you? It's really just untelling. Where are you going? We're going to go to Kingsport and we're going to play some softball. How long is it going to take you to get there? Oh, probably eight hours, maybe. But as I look around and I look in the parking lot and I look around and I look at the lives, I realize how that God's hand being on lives and cha- changing us and helping us and blessing us and giving us things, how that his plan, where we, where, where we come from, that God has blessed us and God has helped us and God has ministered to us. And that was the plan he had for the nation of Israel. You're going to be here for a period of time. It's a learning experience. But when you get through that learning experience, you're going to enjoy the flow of milk and honey. Here's what takes place. Because every man over 20 was disqualified. Wouldn't that that be a sad statement? Every man over 20 was disqualified from going in. Numbers chapter 32, verse 9 through 13. For when they went up unto the valley of Eshcol, saw the land, what does it say? They discouraged the heart of the children of Israel. They discouraged the heart of the children of Israel, that they should not go into the land which the Lord had what? Had given them. He'd already given it. This wasn't that he's going to give. He'd already, they they had the deed. I wish somebody, I hope in in Jesus' name, somebody buys into this. Because there's some things that's already given to you. We just got to walk in it. There's some promises that are already there. We just walk in the promise. All they needed to do was mount up with wings that's what he said that's not my words that's that's God's words 
I bear you on eagles' wings, brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye sh shall be a peculiar treasure above all people. So what he's wanting is them to go from Eshcol and see the land, but not come back and discourage, but encourage the heart of the children of Israel, that they should not go into the land which the Lord had given them. Verse 10, And the Lord's anger was kindled the same time, and he swore, saying, Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from twenty years old and upward shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, because they have not wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, wholly followed me, save Caleb, the son of Jephna, the Kenazite, Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. So let me give you a revelation. Regardless of what everyone around you is doing, you can still be blessed. You may be the only two out of a hundred people 200 plus thousand, but you can be the ones blessed. And that's the way I plan to live my life. I'm going to be blessed. Amen. I'm going to be blessed. What are you going to do? I'm not sure what you're going to do, but I plan to be blessed. And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel, and he made them wander. In the wilderness forty years until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was consumed. Now, let's go back to faith is the substance, the evidence. And with it, the elders obtained a good report. But lack of faith is not pleasing to God. And that's where they were at. Y'all with me this morning? Because this is about our life. All these scriptures are given by the inspiration of God. These apply to our life today. How am I sleeping? When I hit the bump in the road, how do I deal with it? Where's my mindset go? Am I still at peace? Am I still saying, God, I need you to help me with this situation and I trust that you're going to? I don't want to disqualify myself from a blessing by lack of faith. I don't want to take a shortcut that's not a shortcut. Because that shortcut of saying we can't cost them 40 years and all the men over 20 died. That wasn't a shortcut. What it did, it discouraged. It discouraged. It discouraged the heart of the people. If you read through the scriptures, it said they cried all night long million plus people probably crying all night long. So let me ask you, as we look into the scriptures here, lack of faith. These people continually complained about their situation, about their problems, about their struggles, about the conditions they complained about the food. They complained about leadership. They complained about the fear of the people that 
The cities were well-walled. The people were giants. They're great people. They're strong people. They're mighty people. And they could never rest in the fact that God had something better for them. Amen? Every day was about today, and all I see today is problems. I can't see a tomorrow of rest. I can't see a tomorrow of blessing. I can't see a tomorrow of God's power. What I'm seeing today is frustration. And that was their voice. That was their conversation. That was what they talked about. So let me ask you, is there someone in your life that discourages you when you get around them? Ten men cost every man over 20 their life. Is that what we read? Ten men cost every man over 20 his life by words of discouragement. I'm asking you, can I get your attention for just a moment? Is there anyone in your life when you get around them discourages you in what you know God's called you to do. What you feel. You're you're moving along. You're cruising along. Everything's good in your world. And all of a sudden, you're hearing language now that's got you backing up instead of going forward. I was happy yesterday. I'm not so happy today. I'm thinking about this now. I'm contemplating this now. Do they talk of how bad the day is to the point that it frustrates you in your day? Do they talk about how bad the church is, how bad the leadership is? Are you around people that are talking about going forward and making plans for tomorrow, or are you around people that's complaining? These are things that we we need to consider. Uh, This is what determines them living in abundance or dying in the wilderness. They were separated but never move beyond the separation. I believe God has a plan for your life to move beyond separation and into a flow of abundance. I have a confidence in God that God wants to get you from where you are today to flow in abundance. A friend of mine got with me I guess it was either Thursday or Friday. He pastors a church, and he said, what we've been doing, he said, what we've been doing, and I think we're going to try this. Let me rephrase that. We're going to do this too. He said, what we do when we receive an offering, we pray prayers of blessings on the church, prayers of blessings on every family, rebuke, the devourer. We take this before the Lord and we pronounce blessings from the word of God upon the people. He said, he said, here's what's happened in just the last maybe a month or two months or whatever. He said, he said, my dad had a $60,000 motor home. He said, he put it up for sale. He said, within two days, he sold it. He had something else that I don't remember what it was. It was high dollar. 
He said he put it on, on the market, and within a matter of, of just a, a few days, sold. He said, I had an old work vehicle, 250,000 miles. He said, I sent it out, and before the end of the day, a guy walks by, and he says, I'll take it. And he's, he's, he's accepting this as a blessing. Can we do that? That we chalk not everything up to coincidence, but we just chalk it up and say, man, this is the blessing of God. This is something good for, can we do that, not, not be over-spiritual to where everything is, is, is overly spiritualized, but to the fact that we do spiritualize some things and say, this was an act of God. This was a blessing from God. This was a, a good thing from God. So when we look in here, we realize that these people did not pronounce the goodness of God, but they discouraged they discouraged. Now, I'm not talking about not accepting the facts. The facts was those were nine feet tall men. These were well-fortified cities. That's a fact. There's nothing wrong with facts. But somewhere these men, these were leaders. These weren't just men. These weren't just some average guy walking along the road and Moses said, you want to go look at some land? These were leaders out of the 12 tribes and ten of them did not have enough faith to move forward. Ten of them did not have enough faith to move forward. So, look at this. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 26. This is the story of how this played out. And they went, came to Moses, and to Aaron, to all the congregation of the children of Israel, under the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, brought back word unto them, unto all the congregation, showed them the fruit of the land, and they told him, verse 27, and said, We came unto the land, whether thou sentest us, surely it floweth with milk and honey. This is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. The cities are well, are, are walled, very great, Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there, the Amalekites, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell in the, by the sea, by the coast of Jordan. Here's what I'm asking from everybody in here this morning. Because all of us are on different levels of faith. Right? I need some Caleb's. God needs some Caleb's and some Joshua's. Because when the bad report, this is what we're, we're facing. The promise in Kingsport where Churchill, close friends of mine, Brother Vicar said they have run into problem after problem after problem building a new sanctuary. The day they started, when the contractor showed up, they told them they needed an extra $50,000 that they had not planned for. So automatically, you're, at, you're in a deficit of $50,000. How are we going to deal with this now? And, and seemingly just one thing after another. You know what I believe? I believe God's already sh seeing people shout in the new sanctuary. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Bishop McCool, 
building a multi-million dollar sanctuary. Had the paved parking lot. Talking about he has 238 parking spaces in the new parking area. He wanted 238 because Acts 238. He's got 238. And the inspector came in and said, the drainage you put in is the wrong size drainage that runs through the parking lot. So guess what? They're not willing to say, we'll overlook it. They're willing to say, tear all your blacktop back up and repave it. And that's what he had to do. But you know what? God was already in the sanctuary. God was already seeing Tri-State District in the sanctuary at camp meeting and worshiping, praising, and honoring people getting the Holy Ghost, people getting delivered, because it's in the plan. God was going to work it out, but there's bumps in the road. There is walled cities there. There are the Amalekites, and there are the Hittites, and the Canaanites, and all the problems, but I've already given it to you. This is the land I have given you. Saint of God, Arthur belongs to God. We need to walk as ambassadors by faith that God's already filling this sanctuary up. All these things are already taking place. All these things are in order. We've got to walk in faith, by faith, know God's will, hear God's will, apply this to our life and say, God, allow me to be a Joshua, a Caleb. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses. What are we going to do? And Caleb says, whoa, 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 wait a minute now. You're making this all about you. How we going to fight this battle and how we are going to win this and how we are going to, right? How are we going to kill nine foot tall people? Well, I can tell you there's a young man by the name of David that had enough faith to say, I can you come to me with sword and spear, I come to you in the name of the Lord. There, you don't stand a chance. So look at how that faith of that nation elevated by the time David rolls around and he comes in with a sling in his hand and says, I can't, I've never proved this armor and it doesn't fit me anyway, but this right here, I'm going to knock his stinking brains out. Right? What can faith get you? He can get you a victory. And the lack of it can get you a defeat because the currency you buy with, if you go to Walmart with no money, you're stealing. And you go to heaven without faith, you're stealing. Because faith is the currency. So I need to work on my faith. God's already got the promise. God's already got the victory. God's already got everything worked out. What I need is faith to walk in it. And say, God, let me, because Caleb stealed the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once. Let's don't even delay. Let's not wait till tomorrow. Pack your bags, mama. We're going to the promised land. Woe be unto the nation of Israel because they're going to spend another 38 years. We can go up at once. Possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. They brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, 
the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. Let me ask you, what words are you hearing? And what words are you speaking? This determined, or often determines where you go. Right? The Bible says from the heart, the mouth speaks. From the heart, the mouth speaks. The Bible teaches us that God hates discord. Right? God hates discord, but God loves unity. And, and let, me, let me emphasize this. We can have disagreements. And we will have disagreements, but we don't have to have discord. We can, we can throw an option out here and 14 people say, I like this, and 14 others say, I like this, and still be in unity, still be a family. We disagree but we still love one another. We still move forward together. We still make it happen together. We work through the problem. So, as we look into this, what's the conversation about with the people you hang out with? I'm not talking about sinners that we're winning to the Lord. I'm talking about church members. What's the conversation we have? Are you moving into the promise or away from the promise? Are we hearing faith, speaking faith? Right? The Bible says, mark them that cause division among you. I'm not talking about sinners. I'm not talking about people we're winning to the Lord. We, we expect them to act like sinners. We expect sinners to act like sinners. But over the years, saints of God, over the years, I have witnessed people doing good. Man, they're cruising along. They're happy. They're, everything's right. And get with the wrong group, and they put the brakes on that going forward quickly. And now I've got a problem. I haven't even thought about that. Man, I'm glad you brought that to my attention. I, honey, what are we going to do? Oh, we can't sleep tonight. I'm preaching. Amen. So I'm asking you, are you moving forward? In your conversation with people, are you moving forward? Are you planning for a tomorrow? Are you planning the future? Are you looking into the promises? Are you waiting for the flow of the abundance? Or are we, what's a conversation with the people that we're hanging out with? Notice verse 5 through 11. This is a little bit of reading, but it's good information for us this morning for us to grow forward, to live intentional. Numbers 14, verse 5, Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. Joshua, the son of Nun, Caleb, the son of Jephthah, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. They spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we, possess, which we pass through to search it, it's an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us. 
a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone bade stone them with stones. This was the conversation from the congregation back to the leadership. Stone them with stones. They're speaking silliness. They're saying we can do something in the Lord. Right? That's really what's being stated here. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? How long will it be ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have showed among them, all the things that God has done to prove his worthiness of worship, of praise, of trust, of faith. And he said, how long, how long, how long before they believe me? Church, words generate thought, right? Thought generates action. Action generates consequences. I want the consequences to be good. I want, I want things to be right. Speaking the right things, thinking the right things, talking the right things, believing the right things. And God had the perfect plan to give them a land. Now, I'm not getting into it today because it's 20 after. But if you look at the, the, the nation of Israel, it is a thoroughway from Africa to Europe. All the travelers that was going to Asia or to Europe or to, from, to Africa, it was a thoroughway. They were passing right. It was just a small strip of land on the map. But God's saying, I'm going to place you right here because I want everybody traveling to come by your way and see the God you've got. And God wants all of Claiborne County to come by our way and see the God we've got. Let's talk about that God. Let's talk about his greatness. Let's talk about how wonderful. Let's talk about how mighty. Let's talk about how great our God is and how we can possess what God has given to us already. Two sets of scriptures, and I'm closing. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, for when... For the time you ought to be teachers, you have need for one teach you, against which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. I'm asking all of us, including myself, let's do everything in our power to grow in our relationship with God. Here, here's, what I'm, here's what frightens a pastor. It frightens me complacency I'm comfortable where I am how easy is it for us to get into a routine three songs no less no more 30 minutes of preaching no less no more if it's more we'll start watching the clock back there and looking and I'm preaching I'm talking about how easy it is for us to get complacent and then frustration sets in if anybody messes with our complacency. I'm still preaching. 
because we're people. I'm not talking about this local assembly. I'm talking about people. If not cautious, if not making ourselves aware of the fact we will get complacent in our walk with God and our okay is okay. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with being okay. And God said, I'd really like greatness. And I believe we all, all of us in here, are capable of greatness in our walk with God. But greatness cost. Anybody ever heard the name Michael Phelps? The most decorated Olympian of all time? He was gifted with talent, gifted by God for the body he has. But years of preparation, hard work, living and breathing and sleeping, swim. He stayed in the water early morning from 4 o'clock in the morning to 5 o'clock, continuously developing the perfect stroke, the perfect from, from how are you going to position your body to dive? See, most people don't look at the technique, just go swim fast, build a muscle and swim fast. No, there's a technique to everything you do of the positioning of your body to where you're going to enter the water, how far you're going to stay under the water. Everything is technical, even to the outfit of, of how, what type of fabric they're using goes into being great in the sport of swimming. But he is the most decorated, right? Because he applied every part of his life, dedicated itself to that sport. I will never be Olympian. But I believe we can all apply ourselves a little more. And I can raise both hands. I can do better. I can do better than I did yesterday. And I believe God deserves our greatness for us to apply ourselves and say, God, let me learn, let me be taught, let me, let me see this, let me have a revelation of this. And I'm trying to monitor it, the things that I do in my own life, the conversations I have, how I deal with people, what I say to people, how I conduct myself with people, to be aware, aware of what I'm speaking, what am I saying. Friday morning we had our... our district business meeting and I've been part of the district board for several years I was going over a financial report one of the pastors asked me because on the report we have uh, the uh, cost of the district functions or the district camp and the amount of money that comes in from offerings we ask I send a letter out to all the pastors for a $300 donation from every church, $300 donation to help offset the expense of the camp. One of the pastors asked the question, does this cover the expense? So I, I, I said, it does not. I said, we, were, we lost $1,000 last year uh, from, from camp offering to the expense of the camp. Another pastor asked me the question. He said, does all churches participate? And before I thought about what I was saying, 
I said, you're a pastor and you're asking me, do we have 100% participation? And I was checked on that. I was checked on that in my own spirit. And I quickly went to him and I said, I apologize. That wasn't an appropriate response. You're a pastor. Because we never have 100%. Jesus didn't have 100%. We don't have 100%. Church down the road doesn't have 100%. A school doesn't have 100%. A business doesn't have 100%. Right? So, but I was checked on it. Because I should have said, we don't as of right now, but we are working toward that of 100%. That's a much better response than a smart aleck response. And that wasn't a smart aleck, but it, was, it, it came across to me. He said, oh, he said, I knew we didn't. I was just trying to prep this statement, we need 100%. He said, I knew we didn't have 100%. But anyway, I'm using that as an example, that I'm trying to check myself. If I address you, I want to address you properly. If I say something to you, I want to say something that's going to build you. I want to encourage you. We can be honest, but let's be faith, people of faith. Here, here's, here's closing. Stand with me. James chapter 2, verse 17 through 24, of how that, how that we apply this to everyday life. He said, in the same way, faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead by itself. So I'm asking you this morning, as you remember the story of the fruit tree, remember when Jesus wanted fruit, he came to a tree, it looked perfect, leaves were on it, everything's right, he examined it, no fruit, right, no fruit. Our separation from the world if we're not making ourself a disciple and discipling someone else is similar to that tree, has all the makings or all the showings of separation, but there's no fruit. We got to have fruit. Who are you winning to the Lord? Who am I winning to the Lord? Who am I ministering to? Who am I witnessing to? I noticed at Knoxville... They had little, it almost looked like coasters to set a cup on, but it's just little, maybe three by three cards. It's a great day. And they were all over, something about it's a great day was all over the church. Handbags, T-shirts, things all over the church. It's a great day. And someone asked Pastor McCool, is this a, is this a coaster for us to set our drink on? He said, no, that's just to take out. If you go to a restaurant, leave it with your tip, but unless you leave a bad tip. So that, that was his words. <laughs> but I, I didn't examine it. I'm assuming it had FAC Knoxville on it, had all the church information on it. But just simply make people aware. Make people aware of this great God that we're serving, right? Make people aware of how that God's working all things out for your good. You have faith. I have works. Show me your faith without works. I will show you faith from my works. 
you believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe that. They shudder, they tremble. Verse 20, foolish man, are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? Wasn't Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on an altar or on the altar? You see that faith was active together with his works. By works, faith was perfected. By works, faith was perfected. So the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, was credited to him for righteousness. He was called God's friend. You see that a man is justified by works, not by faith alone. Everyone in here capable of greatness in the eyes of God. I believe that. God has a plan for every one of our lives. He has set this church up for success. He really has. He's brought you all into this sanctuary for a purpose and a reason. He set this church up. Our faith just has to reach into that realm and say, God, let us live in that greatness. Let us live in that realm. You see, what I want to see is for this church to have souls, have many souls saved in it. What I want to see is us outgrow this pews, not for the sake of people in the sanctuary, but for the sake of souls in heaven. But my goal is, this is a beautiful gymnasium right here where we're standing. It really is. It's perfectly laid out for a great gymnasium with windows all around through there for our classes and our kitchen right there and our brand new sanctuary right here. We just work in the plan of God. And while you're in the wilderness, you're in the wilderness. But you're moving toward the land promised. And that's where we are. We might be in the wilderness right now, but we're walking streets of gold soon. But while we're here, let's build. Let's witness. Let's walk in greatness. Let's walk in the power of God. Let's believe in miracles and signs and wonders for this day. When we hit a bump in the road, don't let it be the end. Don't let it be the plight in your plight in life. Don't let it be something that's, that's going to destroy your faith. Ask Sister West, how's Papaw? Because Papaw hasn't saw his newest granddaughter yet. Because they've adopted us and we've adopted them. They're, that's my grandparents. Ashley and Nikki's grandparents and Catherine's grandparents. Everybody in the church calls you Nana, right? So she's adopted the church. That's my grandparents. I love them. I asked Papa, she said he's still hurt, he's not here, not able to, to come, still in a lot of pain.
You see, some things don't disappear in a night, do they? Boy, how easy is it for us to get over something that lasts 30 minutes? How'd you do? How'd you deal with it? Oh, I went to sleep and woke up and it's gone. I, I, I love it. Right? Some things aren't like that. Some things you go to night, you go to bed, and you go to sleep and wake up and they're still there. And a year later, they're still there. And that's when you've got to go back somewhere and you dig out that word that you've been taught and that you're building on and say, this is, this is with me today and I'm dealing with this today, but this ain't going to be my life. This, this isn't going to be what's going to crush my faith. This isn't what's going to destroy me. You see, the Apostle Paul said, I, I sought God. I've got a messenger from hell. That's what he said. He said, I've got a messenger from hell. And he said, I'm praying, God, help me with this. And he said, my grace is sufficient. And he said, he showed up again. He said, God, help me. He said, my grace is sufficient. And he said, he showed up again. He said, God, help me. He said, my grace is sufficient. So Paul said, I, I'm, I can live with the messenger from hell because his grace is sufficient. I can live through this. I hate it. I'd rather it be gone. We don't know what we're going to deal with tomorrow. But I'm trying my best, saint of God, to put enough faith in you on a Sunday morning when things are right to see you through the Sunday morning when things are wrong. I really am. I'm trying my best to build your faith with every message I can preach to give you hope for a stormy day because we have them. We have them. I want us to come today and I want us to ask God, help me, Father, see the vision you have for my life. God, help me see the place that you've called me to. Let me be a Caleb that will steal the people. Let me be the one that calms the fear in the life of those around me. Let me be the one that's an encourager, that lifts, that builds, that speaks faith. Not denying facts, but God just simply trusting and hoping and believing and walking in you. Let's come this morning, saint of God. I hope in the grace of God I gave you something this day that reminds you that we can go forward, we can grow forward, we can live intentional, we can worship intentional, we can praise intentional, we can pray intentional, we can be everything God wants us to be in Jesus' name. God has a plan for your life at Spirit and Truth Worship Center. God has a plan for you being here. He never called you here. He never laid that burden on your heart without him having a plan for your life. God has a plan for this church. For us as a group, for us as a family, God has a plan for your life. Pray that into existence right now. Begin to petition God. Let me see the plan, God. Many things have happened that are often discouraging. They hurt. They they bring tears to our eyes and fear to our heart maybe but God you're in control and I'm still here I'm still standing God I'm still here God I'm still fighting a good fight in Jesus name God I want you to bless these people I want you to give them a revelation you brought the people out of, out of the wilderness God you were well capable of bringing them all out but their faith would not allow you I want our faith to grow God that we see the vision we see the plan you have for this church body. It is your will to seek and to save that which is lost. Help us 
make disciples out of people around us. God, help us be active and busy that our works display our faith and our faith is made perfect by our works. Bless this morning in Jesus' name. Saint of God, petition heaven this day.